Hello, folks, and welcome to Get Lively. Today we have a special episode. We are doing an interview with Dr. Abby Parsons. Hello, Dr. Parsons. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for coming on our show. I'm Zoe Conacher. Uh, you may recognize me from the summer and spring episodes, and I decided to give our hosts a little day off so that I could interview Dr. Parsons about the new LGBTQIA Resource Center, as well as the upcoming event, Pride. So, Dr. Parsons, to start off with, let's just give the audience a little bit about yourself. So, how did you end up at Georgia Tech? Yeah, so I'm originally from England. Wow. And I came to the United States to do my PhD at Emory in 2008. And I did my PhD in women's gender and sexuality studies. And while I was doing my PhD, I worked for the Office of LGBT Life at Emory. And my boss there was like, you should do this full time. So uh, when I graduated (laughs) with my PhD, that's how I ended up here. I just was on the market looking for jobs. I wanted to stay um, in the Southeast because I think there's a lot of work to be done here for the queer community in the Southeast. And I think there's a vibrant, um, a vibrant community doing that work that I want to be a part of. So I started working here in April, 2014. I've been here ever since. Cool. That sounds awesome. And you like being at Georgia Tech? Yeah, it's awesome. So cool. And so recently, the new LGBTQIA Resource Center opened up. So what does this one have that the previous one doesn't have? And I expect that you would know more than (laughs) anyone else. Yeah, so for the last four and a half years, um, the LGBTQIA Resource Center has just been an office. Right. So it started out as an office right next door to the Techniques office. Mm -hmm. And it was a really small room that was just a desk a chair, a computer, and a bookshelf. That was it. Like a closet almost. It was. (laughs) And then ironically, I moved to a slightly bigger closet Mm -hmm. in the summer of 2016. Um, So a bunch of storage closets had been converted into offices. And so I moved into one of those, and that was the center. So we never really had a center. I always said it was more of an aspirational title. It was really just an office, and it was my office. Um, So there was nowhere for people to hang out. My office had all of our program and event supplies in. So my office was also a storage Mm. (laughs) unit for our stuff. So um, the new center, it has my office, a bigger office for me, which is great. Um, And there's also another staff office. So we hired a coordinator, Camilla Brewer, this spring, and she's wonderful. And so she has her office in there as well. And now we have a real center. So we have a reception area, seven student assistants that run it. So we're open 40 hours a week. Um, It's not just whenever I happen to be in my office. Mm -hmm. People can come in anytime. We have a lounge area with a big screen so people can watch movies, do presentations. There's board games. There's books people can check out, sexual health supplies people can take, resources, everything. And then we have a meeting room that also doubles as a study space. So we always get students in there every day doing homework. And then we have a room called the Oasis, which is it's a small room and it's filled with mental health resources. So there's meditation and relaxation CDs, there's books on mental health, there's coloring pages and other kind of activities to help students de-stress. And then we also have professionals from around campus holding office hours in there um, every several times a month. So the counseling center does its let's talk hours in there. We have our GTPD liaison, um, Sergeant Gia Lockett Hart. Um, One of our uh, Episcopal campus missioners holds office hours in there and then voice our sexual violence um, prevention and response program. So our advocates are in there too. So any student, LGBTQA or otherwise, who's looking for just a safe, um, queer affirming space to meet with those professionals can do so in the Oasis. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. We're really excited about it. Nice. And what is your official title for the center? 
So for the center? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's the LGBTQIA Resource Center. Okay. And I think what a lot of people don't know is we're in both the Division of Student Life and also Institute Diversity. So okay. we serve faculty and staff as well as students. Wow. And a lot of folks don't know that. So we do a lot um, with a very small staff team um, and a pretty limited budget, but we're pretty creative about how we use it. And you're doing a really great job. Thank you so much. And what is your specific position? So I'm the director. Okay. Yes. Um, and Camilla is the assistant. She's the coordinator. Okay, cool. Yep, yep, yep. That sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what are your hopes for the new center? Like, let's say, in an ideal world, what is the final form of the LGBTQIA center? Do we even need one in the in an ideal world? Yeah. So, I, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I remember when I was at Emory, um, our president came to, you know, a... one of our open houses for our LGBT center. And he said, you know, I would love it if in 20 years we didn't even need this kind of space. Which is a nice idea, right? That we would have, you know, that every place on campus would be so welcoming we wouldn't need it. But centers don't exist just to be safe spaces. They also exist to be educational spaces, community building spaces, and and so on and so forth. So I would hope that we would always have a center to recognize the unique experiences of LGBTQIA students. But I would hope that we, I mean, I would love to have a bigger space. I think we have a big space now. It's so much bigger than what we had, and it's wonderful. But I think even if we had an even bigger space, um, we would still make use of it with events and, and that kind of thing. So I think my hopes for the center are um, that we continue to do the good work that we've been doing. I'm really proud of everything we've accomplished so far, but there are more things that I want to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my goals to form a transgender care team wow. that would work cross-functionally um, with psychiatry, the counseling center, and STEMS Health Services um, to be able to provide kind of holistic patient-centered care for transgender students on campus. Um, and there's a lot of advocacy and policy work that we still need to get done, so yes. gender-inclusive housing. Um, I would love if our student health insurance plan covered transition-related surgeries for transgender students. So I agree. I'm still going to be working on all of that um, over the next few years. Sounds good. And you plan on staying at Tech for a little while? Yeah, we'll okay. see. Yeah, yeah we'll why see. not? It's <laughs> been good to me so far. Yeah, we like having you here. <laughs> so upcoming is Pride Week. Well, weekend, I should say. And yes. the parade is coming up. Uh, what are you guys doing at the center to celebrate Pride? Yes. Yeah, so, and we have also, today is National Coming Out Day. Right. So that's kind of our kickoff um, for what we call, used to be called um, Coming Out Week. Mm-hmm. And there was actually an organization called GT Cow. Um, oh, so wow. Georgia Tech Coming Out Week. Um, and so now Pride Alliance has taken that over. And so Out Week kind of starts today with National Coming Out Day and runs right through the end of next week. So Pride Alliance really do most of their programs you do most of the programs for out week so they'll do they have queer jeopardy coming up they have panel discussions um, with with community partners and all kinds of really awesome stuff the center will be hosting a coffee hour for lgbtqa graduate students and postdocs next week we are hosting the Big Gay Brunch mm. um, in partnership with Institute Diversity next Thursday, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we are providing brunch, and it's actually an opportunity for LGBTQA faculty and staff and students to get to know one another. Wow. So that's the first time that we've done that, and we'll have queer and trans faculty and staff serving as table hosts mm-hmm. um, to get conversations going, kind of cross-generational conversations going with queer and trans students. That sounds absolutely wonderful. It's, it's really exciting. And then we'll be marching in the Pride Parade oh, cool. um, with Pride Alliance on Sunday. And we'll have, I think we have the Tech Trolley again this year. Oh, wow. We had that last year. So yeah, I remember that being in the Technique, that the first photo was just the Tech Trolley and the Parade. It was really cool. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to have a, hopefully a good presence this year. So. Cool. And where can we find more information about the 
events that are coming up and how can we get involved? Yeah. So if you can go to pride.gottech.edu okay. and see their calendar of events. And if you go to the center's website, um, we also have a page dedicated to Outweek. And so you can see all of our events and Pride Alliance's events there. Okay, cool. So for you personally, what excites you most about Pride and the celebration? Yes. Um, so for me, it's always a big celebration of community and mm-hmm. the visibility and the strength of our community. I think queer and trans people are a community of survivors. Um, we have to face a lot just to live our whole authentic selves. And Pride Week is where we just get to really just kind of let loose and party and celebrate that progress. I think especially coming off the end of a really, really challenging year for us with yes. Scott Schultz's death, I think we really need some kind of uplifting celebration, um, you know, and to celebrate those folks, you know, that we're still here and, and yeah. we're still thriving. But I also want to, you know, remember that it's really important to me that we remember that Pride was started as a riot and as a protest movement. Yes. Um, and I, I do agree with the folks who say that, you know, Pride has lost some of that protest element. It's very corporate. It's very family friendly now. Yeah. Which, there are some good things about that. I think it's always good to see corporations kind of throwing their, their weight and their money behind the queer community. But um, I also don't want to lose that political kind of impetus for pride, which is saying that we still, you know, we still have trans women of color experiencing high rates of homicide in the United States. We still have queer and trans folks being denied health care, housing, education. And so it's important that we are still continuing to use pride as a vehicle to fight for those things and draw attention to those causes in addition to the partying. Right. That sounds Perfect. I completely agree with you. And so how can GT students participate in what we're talking about right now? Like the the protesting of what's been, you know, like you just said, yeah. the trans women being targeted specifically, as well as just homophobia, you know? Yeah. So there's so many different things that folks can do on campus. One is to come to some of the center's events. So we host educational events throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So coming to Trans 101, Safe Space Peer Education. Um, Greek Allies is Safe Space Peer Education, but just for fraternities and sororities. And it's led by Greek students. Cool. So that's a great way to learn about how they can make their chapters more inclusive and mm-hmm. maybe kind of break down some of the, you know, the the gender binary stuff that happens in fraternity and sorority life. Yeah. Um, so going to those trainings and educating yourself is a great place to start. Beyond that, I would say advocating, it can be anything from advocating for changes in your department. So if you take classes in a building where you notice there are no gender inclusive restrooms, right? Like advocating with the department chair or the dean to kind of get that changed. How can we you know, push the needle in that way? It can be lending support on an interpersonal level to your queer and trans peers. So just being there for them, letting them know you're a resource and an ally asking them what support they need, shutting down homophobic and transphobic speech when you hear it. Mm-hmm. It can be very normalized in certain environments and in certain spaces on campus. And so, you know, not letting folks getting away with um, saying homophobic or transphobic things is another w- good way to practice allyship. And then the other thing, I mean, allyship takes a whole range of experiences. So it's everything from like who you vote for mm-hmm. to where are you spending your money. Uh, people often don't think about those things as ways of practicing allyship. But if you're voting for openly homophobic candidate who's supports legislation that would discriminate against the LGBTQA community, right? That's not practicing allyship, even if you agree with some of their other policies. Same with where you spend your money, right? Um, Right. Making sure you're spending your money at places that don't discriminate or cause harm to LGBTQA communities. Right. To close out our interview, I wanted to ask you about the classes that you're teaching this semester Mm -hmm. and if you would recommend them to students here at Georgia Tech. Well, I think my class is excellent. Um, (laughs) So I'm teaching Intro to Gender Studies this semester. 
semester and it's actually we're having a focus on the LGBTQA community. So we've been learning about we just wrapped up our transgender studies module and now we've just started learning about some queer history. So looking at the origins of lesbian feminism, the homophile movement, gay liberation, queer nation, AIDS activism. And so and we're also looking at some abolition movements as well. So queer folks who don't agree with marriage equality on the grounds that it's too assimilationist and looking at those different kinds of perspectives. Um, so looking at some liberation and justice models in addition to kind of equality and, and rights-based movements. So the class is going, real, I feel like class is going really well. It's yeah. actually a full class. Um, so it filled up really quickly and we had a lot of students on the wait list. So intro to gender studies is a great way to incorporate um, some allyship education into your kind of formal classroom-based education at Georgia Tech. And so I'm not sure if I, when I'll be teaching it next, um, but we have a number of faculty who teach really awesome gender studies classes. And so I would definitely recommend taking those. We do have a bunch of engineers and people like that who wouldn't normally be taking, you know, a humanities-based class in, in the classroom. And we've been able to generate some really, really awesome conversations um, because even though it's LGBTQIA-focused, we look at race and ability and class and immigration and all kinds of other forms of identity and forms of oppression. So it's a great way to kind of step out of your STEM bubble and learn about some, you know, issues that are impacting the world around you. Wow. And so everyone can take that class? I believe so it's 2200 level. Okay, so. cool. That yeah. sounds great. So have you taught this class before or is this your first time teaching it? This is my first time teaching at Georgia Tech, okay. um, but I told at Emory before this. Okay. And so and I also, you know, I do a lot of training here. So this is my first teaching experience at Georgia Tech. So I'm used to doing safe space trainings. Um, I do a five-week advanced allyship course for faculty and staff called Level Up. And so we just, I came from there this morning. We just did Trans 201. Um, so it was kind of advanced transgender. Um, inclusion, knowledge, and skills. So yeah, so t training and teaching is one of the things I love to do, and it was really important for me to kind of build a bridge between the center and the academic side of Georgia Tech and show that, you know, there are many ways to access and learn this information. Well, so thank you so much for coming on our show today, Dr. Parsons. We were very glad to have you. Uh, is there anything else that you might want to tell our listeners? Thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. And I think just, you know, participate in Outweek as much as you can. And our next big event will be Transgender Day of Remembrance on November 20th. Wow. So that's a day. It's a global day where we honor the lives of trans people who have lost their lives to anti-transgender violence in the last year. And so it's a great way to learn about this community, to pay your respects. And this year we have a panel called Trans at Tech Then and Now. Mm. So we have some trans alumni um, and some current students talking about how much has changed or not changed right. um, for transgender people at Georgia Tech over the last 15 years or so. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Dr. Parsons. Thank you so much.